Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey.com present Locked On Today. History made and celebrated at the Masters. Are we not giving enough attention to the Hawks? Plus, which teams could be looking up to trade for a quarterback? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. They say the Masters doesn't really start until the back nine on Sunday. And even on the back nine, Hideki Matsuyama stepped to the 12th tee with a six-shot lead. And all of a sudden, he went to 16 tee with just a two-shot lead. He eventually hung on, although he had some game players chasing him. Uh, Late on Sunday afternoon, he ended up winning the Green Jacket, the first Japanese player to win a major. Joining me now from WFAN, talking golf and Ligorian. And what is going to be your memory of this Masters? There's just so many great stories. And as you said, Hideki Matsuyama was such a huge lead. It still was full of drama on the second nine. And, And it actually continued to the final hole because... With a bogey on the 18th, he ended up winning by only one shot at 10 under. But I think Will Zalatoris is really a great story. What an impressive performance for his debut Masters. And he finished at 9 under after shooting a 270, just one shot back. I mean, the guy was really, you know, he was one shot behind after he birdied holes one and two and after Matsuyama uh, bogeyed one. So he put a lot of pressure on Matsuyama early in the final round. Um, he had an up and down round, uh, you know, it was Zelatoris, but he ended up kind of kind of coming together toward the end there and uh, just had a really impressive, we'll be seeing him a lot for a guy who really has no status on any tour, right? I mean, he spent time on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, he became a leading money winner on the Corn Ferry Tour from Wake Forest with All-America honors. But he ended up going to qualifying on Monday. He, he skipped out of college and out of Wake Forest, and he ended up trying to qualify on all these tours on Monday. So he really had a scramble. And he parlayed that to temporary membership in the Corn Ferry Tour. And from there, he actually won a tournament on the Corn Ferry Tour and had a bunch of top 10s and, and top 25s. He ended up going to Wingfoot at the U.S. Open in 2020 and tied for six. So, I mean, his first Masters, what a performance. Yeah, absolutely. And and for, for Matsuyama, this was um, a breakthrough at the majors. He, he has played well at majors before, at big tournaments before. Um, you know, he won Jack's tournament a few years ago, and, and Jack spoke glowingly about him. Do you think this could be the kind of thing where he gets this you know, proverbial monkey off his back and the floodgates kind of open for him a little bit. He can play a little freer and all of a sudden, you know, in, in five or 10 years, cause he's still a young guy, you know, he might have a couple of these. Absolutely. He's only 29. And with his iron game, I was always surprised that he hadn't won a major before, but if he continues to putt as well as he putt this week at the masters, I think we'll see Hideki Matsuyama you know, do a lot more in the future. I mean, this was a huge breakthrough win for him and for Japan, obviously, as he became the first male player from Japan to win a major title during an Olympic year when Japan will be hosting the summer games as well. So huge, huge win for Matsuyama. And if he continues to putt like he did and 
you know, he hit the ball as precisely his iron shots and, and he had a lot of good recoveries today as well. I think we'll hear a lot more from Matsuyama in the future as far as major titles go. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, are we not giving enough attention to the Atlanta Hawks? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Did the Denver Nuggets forget there was a fourth quarter on Sunday? Hey there, John Corrales here from the Locked On Celtics podcast. The Boston Celtics blowing the doors off of the Denver Nuggets in the fourth quarter, outscoring them 31-8, to a run that's really unheard of. Celtics looked like they were going to be victims of Nikola Jokic and his MVP run, but once he hit the bench, the Celtics really turned up the defense. They turned Denver over. They got out running. They were attacking the basket. And they really just forced that Denver bench to quit. The Celtics pick up a huge win in the first of a three-game road trip. Next up, the Portland Trailblazers and then the Lakers. Celtics have won five of six. They're moving up in the standings. Could this be the turnaround that we've been waiting for all season? Alex Rodriguez and billionaire Mark Lohr are finalizing a deal to purchase the Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Lynx from majority owner Glenn Taylor for around $1.5 billion. Taylor will continue to hold full control of both teams for two years before Rodriguez and Lohr take over in 2023. The duo said in a joint statement, we look forward to entering this phase of the process with Glenn Taylor. Our respect for him and the legacy he has built lays an amazing foundation for what is to come. We are excited by the prospect of getting to know the Timberwolves organization. Not in the statement was how much time either planned on spending in Minnesota in months like January and February. If you were planning on sleeping on the San Francisco Giants this year, maybe you should give them a shot. Here's Locked On Giants host, Ben Casper. Yes, that's right. The San Francisco Giants have swept the Colorado Rockies, winning today's game four to nothing, and they improved to six and three on the young season. Not a bad start for a team that a lot of people are sleeping on and thinking are just gonna, you know, roll over in the National League. So they get another excellent start, as I have Tim Lincecum over my shoulder here talking about good starting pitching. He knew a thing about that. But Anthony DiScalfani today, six shutout innings with eight strikeouts and 17 swings and misses. So a great start to the season for DiScalfani, brought over in the offseason uh, as a free agent. So the Giants rotation has been excellent. They haven't scored a ton of runs, but there's good reason to believe that that's going to pick up and they've certainly scored enough to keep them competitive in all of these games that they've played. That's what happened yesterday. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag. The New York Knicks are favored over the Los Angeles Lakers. And who would have thought? Well, the Lakers are still without LeBron and AD. So that makes betonline.ag's line the Knicks as three and a half point favorites. The Red Sox had won six in a row after putting up 14 runs against the Orioles on Sunday. Can they keep their streak and bats alive? The betonline.ag line for Red Sox and Minnesota is Boston plus one and a half. To check out the full list, head to betonline.ag where you can get a lot of prop bets as well. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook 
experts. The NHL trade deadline is today at 3 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're following Locked On NHL for all the latest breaking news. Here is another story you need to know. So you probably saw the dunk. Miles Bridges absolutely baptizes Clint Capella. But guess what? Guess who won that game? The Atlanta Hawks beat the Charlotte Hornets, and they're the four seed in the East. Not the Heat, not the Celtics, not the Pacers, not the Knicks, not anyone else. Joining me now from Locked On Hawks, Brad Rowland. And Brad, why do you think this team isn't getting the kind of attention that you know a, a, a top four seed in the East probably deserves, including one with a, an all-star caliber player and, and a star player in, in Trey Young? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of a lot of things. I think the Hawks have been long associated with kind of a boring franchise nationally. That's Mm. part of it, I'm sure. Um, This team is not boring. It's pretty fun to watch, honestly. But for a long time, the Hawks were like pretty decent, but not terribly exciting. And they kind of earned that rep for that. And then on top of that, you have they kind of had a slow start. So the narrative sets in. As you well know, like once the season's, you know, almost half over, if a team's kind of hovering below 500, that's kind of the consensus on them. And, and the last thing would be basically that there are, there are three teams in the East that everyone's talking about. And then you have the usual suspects behind them, which is Miami and Boston and the Hawks are in neither one of those places. So I, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree with you that they should be talked about more, but I, I can sort of understand at least kind of why it's happening, even if I think they should be sort of more prominent right now. Yeah, and, and in this game, Bogdan Bogdanovich puts up 32. He was a, one of the, the major offseason acquisitions. In fact, um, they they got him because the Milwaukee Bucks tried to get him, and there was maybe some issues there. The, the league put the kibosh on it. Ultimately, it seems like his resurgence, especially over the last you know two weeks, has really helped this team as, as they make a playoff push. Absolutely. I think that the the veteran guys that the Hawks brought in, both uh, Bogdanovich and Danilo Gallinari, coming on strong recently, and especially Bogdanovich, has been huge because the Hawks have had so many injuries. Trey Young didn't play today, for instance, and they've had all kinds of guys miss little pockets of time and even l- larger pockets of time. And Bogdanovich is shooting 52, 52% from three in April so far. It's only seven games. But he's been red hot and his uh, emergence is kind of allowing them to withstand some of these injury issues and they're getting the guy that they wanted to get. You mentioned those three teams that are above them, the, you know, the big three, if you will. Uh, do you think this this team has what it takes in in the playoffs to at least push one of those teams in the in the semifinals? Yeah, I do. I think that they can. I think if, if healthy is the big thing here because the Hawks have been doing all of this. They're 15 and five in their last 20 and they're doing that without their whole team. I mean, John Collins and DeAndre Hunter are two of their top four players and they haven't, and they haven't been playing. So it's kind of a, uh, I don't know. It's kind of a stretch right now to try to figure out what they're actually going to be because they just haven't been fully healthy all season long. So, Knowing that and what they've been able to do, if you do some projection in a positive way, and maybe there's a little bit of twisting there, but if you want to look at it positively, um, you add a couple players to what they've already been able to do, and suddenly the bar is a little bit lower for them to jump over to get uh, more competitive. So I think the big question is that they haven't been tested with this group. This is a this is a first time team trying to make the playoffs under Trey Young in, in this regime. So that's the big question mark. But on talent alone, the depth and talent that they have is on par with. Anyone, anyone outside the top three, and they can uh, you know, maybe in one series punch above their weight. Coming up, will the quarterbacks in the draft be waiting longer than expected, or will teams go up to get them? Our cue of the day is next. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they just keep adding flavors. I get a box once a month from them with with new flavors. Marshmallow churro is this new flavor that's on its way. Unbelievable birthday cake. I can't say enough about how delicious they are. I was traveling over the weekend, some long car rides, and reach for a Built Bar. And you satisfy that little sweetness craving, and you don't feel guilty about it. It's not eating gummy bears or you know whatever else. It is stuff that is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber to give you good energy, lasting energy because of what they put in it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. We already saw the San Francisco 49ers go up, presumably for a quarterback at three, though Kyle Shanahan could still go full nuclear and take Kyle Pitts and just destroy the world with Kyle Pitts and George Kittle. We don't think that's going to happen. Joining me now to see if there might be some other teams that we can add to that list, Brian Peacock from Peacock and Williamson, and of course, Locked On 49ers. Brian, you already saw a wild card team go up to get their quarterback in the 49ers, but with the Panthers, Trading for Sam Darnold, we thought they might be a team at, that at eight trying to move up for one of these guys. So are there some other teams out there that you're keeping your eye on as Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Mac Jones could fall here? Absolutely. And I'm still blown away that the 49ers made this move. I didn't know that there was going to be the urgency to make something like this happen a month before the draft. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, who the pick is going to be. I think some of the Mac Jones stuff is getting walked back a little bit by some of the media. So we'll see how this turns out. Um, but I'm not buying it all that the 49ers are still not sure who they're going to take at three. They had to know <laughs> all along or else they wouldn't be sitting at number three right now because we already know the Philadelphia Eagles were willing to move back from six to 12. We know exactly how much that would have cost. And the 49ers could have saved themselves uh, an extra first round pick and a third round pick to go up to six instead of three if they were willing to just wait for a couple picks and, and you know see if not all five quarterbacks went in the top five picks of the draft. And I'm still doubtful that that's going to happen, but there is a lot of heat around the Atlanta Falcons. And I don't think the Carolina Panthers are all the way out on a quarterback, but it probably oh. means they're out on trading up for a quarterback. But there are still some teams out there that I think are extremely interesting. The New England Patriots, which in normal years, I would say there's no chance they're going to move up that far. And they've traded up one time in the top 15 in the NFL draft. And I think Carolina, Denver, are teams that you would probably be trying to get up in front of if you were a team like the New England Patriots, Washington, Chicago. Those are the teams that are within range that you could see them getting up into the top 10. Where do you think these teams are going to have to get to if they want to get one of these quarterbacks? Because we assume that the you know Justin Fields, Trey Lance, they may not be in that Trevor Lawrence category, but these are really good football players who teams are going to like. I think one of the big things for Carolina, why they might not be a team that wants to move down either, is because there's a reason that maybe they went out and got a quarterback because they like a different prospect there and they want to still draft sure. somebody in that tier of player and they can maybe get a Penny Sewell or one of the top receivers in this draft at pick eight. That's why Detroit is the one that makes sense because uh, the Miami 
sitting at pick six, they obviously want to be at six for a reason. They don't want to get out of there. They, they And I think we all know what, what prospects they're looking at there at pick six. Cincinnati never trades. So I have my doubts that they would ever trade. And I feel the same about the New York Giants. So, um, and now if, if Carolina is not willing to trade out at eight, Denver's probably the team you're worried about getting in front of for a quarterback. So it still points to four to Atlanta, seven to Detroit are really the, the spots that I think could be some serious action in this draft. And oh, by the way, if you believe the rumors about uh, the Dallas Cowboys falling in love with Kyle Pitts, who knows? Maybe they're the team that goes up from 10 to four to get the next star tied in. And they just decide, you know what? Screw it. Let's just outscore everybody. You can catch Brian with his co-host Matt Williamson as part of our Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network featuring analysis from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Our local experts for every team are making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Follow the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, if you were watching the Masters over the weekend, you may have missed the first no-hitter in Padres history, but our Locked On Padres host is still celebrating. (laughs) I've been running around like a madman. Javier Reyes here, host of Locked On Padres. I cannot. Holy forking shirt balls, guys. The Padres. Joe Musgrove just threw the first no-hitter in franchise history. I can't believe it. The curveball looked exceptional. This is coming after the most devastating news that Tatis might be out for the season. And he does this. I can't believe it. I can't breathe. This is, this is outstanding. I don't really have more words. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up Tuesday, did any NHL teams change the fate of their seasons? at least until tomorrow. Stay locked on today.